The story of Ape Canyon can trace its roots to 1922 when five prospectors first established their claim within the dense forest. All right. Okay, go on. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was en- better, right? Engaged. It was, was I'm engaged. I'm, in, I'm with you. That was better. All right. Marion Smith. This is the name of the dude. The, there's five prospectors. This is their leader. Wait, wait. A dude named Marion? Are yep. you kidding me? Yep, Marion. This is 1924, man. Come it's on. like Maid Marion from Robin Hood? I was thinking more like Marion from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Marion from Raiders, dude. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say dude, dude. But, this, right. is, but this is a dude. It's so actually a guy. We're not supposed to. Establish the thing. No dude. Marion Smith was the head and most experienced of this expedition. Um, he led the group. There's four others. Roy Smith, who was his son. Gabe Lafever. Must have been French. Lafievre. Yep. That was pretty good. John Peterson Jean and Poupin. Fred Beck, who who also plays a key uh, a pretty big role in the story. I thought you were gonna say who also plays the keyboards for yes. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, Fred Beck. Fred Beck. And he was actually Marion Smith's son-in-law. So Marion, he had his son and his son-in-law on this expedition. Okay, 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 okay. That connection is becoming so clear to me now that I'm drawing myself a little infographic and I see what's happening. What, like a family tree? Mm, A little bit, but then I also had... (laughs) I also had Gabe Lefebvre and uh, John Peterson. Yeah, you can just throw them off to the side. Okay. They're not important. You'll never... You won't hear anything more about them. Oh, I want to, though? So we want to focus mainly on Marion and Fred. They're they're, uh, the most important. And actually, we get most of the information about this encounter, uh, most of the fine details of this encounter from Fred. Oh, so he's the narrator, as it were? Um, uh, there's, there was several news articles, but in Fred's later days, he wrote a book yeah. that was quite popular. Fred Beck. Yeah, I think I've seen them, him on the, shelf, on the shelves. Yeah, you might have. So they, they led this expedition, right? Yep. Into the, the, the dense forest. Roger that. On the eastern slope of Mount St. Helens. Which kind of is kind of actually important. Eastern Slope, Mount St. Helens. I'm with you. It'll be important in about uh, 50 years. Oh, It'll become relevant. Oh, God. All right. So these prospectors, they, they had owned a claim, which is um, kind of like a plot of land where you find gold. I know what a claim is. All right. Well, I'm just saying. What do you think I am? Some kind of... I mean, of... I guess you, you might have been there for the... 1849 gold rush, but... They owned a claim, okay. Yeah, so they owned a claim on Mount St. Helens, Eastern Slope. Yeah. And, um, they had obviously found enough enough placer gold in the area, enough gold on the ground. Enough what? Placer, placer gold, it's what like... What is placer gold? Placer gold, it's... Sounds like, that's what It's my like name loose gold, it's like, think of loose change on the ground. What? Yeah, so it's gold that you find. Oh, where you like you gold pan for it? You find it laying around. You're not actually hard rock Digging. mining. Yeah, you just find it. 
You just find it laying around. So that'd be like the kind of gold that we would probably find. If I was to go gold panning in the river in the backyard. You wouldn't find any. Uh, well, you know, if I was to find gold, that would be placer gold. Placer gold. You know what that sounds like to me? What? It sounds like a good name for like a country singer. Yeah, it does. Hello, I'm placer gold and here am I. <laughs> I'm placer gold. <laughs> All right. So they found enough placer gold to actually start a real gold mine yep. on this claim. Yep. Oh, so, sorry. Yes. Uh, taking notes here diligently. So during that first summer in 1922 is when they started, from everything that I understood from reading the story, in 1922, that is when they started digging into the side of the mountain for... Uh, more gold, more um, riches, you know. spoils, booty. oil, oil, oil. Um, no, not oil. California gold. No. Okay. And within the quartz is the gold, and that's where you find the gold veins. You're telling me you get gold inside of quartz crystals? Yeah. <gasps> it likes to, you know, when the foundations of the when oh, the yeah. earth was formed, it liked to to latch onto that that quartz. That's what gold liked to do. That's what gold liked to do. It can you tell loved me, the quartz. Scientifically, can you tell me why? Like, what, what, what element, like, what are, the, what are the elements that bond within the gold and quartz molecules? I have no idea. Well, then this podcast is bullshit and everything you're that saying. That is not bullshit. That is truth. 100%. I don't know the science behind it, we'd but like, that is how it works. We'd like a geologist or what are the people that chemists to write in and tell us why those things are related and why that would happen because right now i'm saying gold growing within quartz is a bullshit it doesn't grow in the quartz it grows on the it doesn't grow there to begin with it's just there Uh, so the earth doesn't actually produce gold gold is uh an element that came out from outer space yeah, right, from stars. But everything came from outer space, if you think about it. <laughs> Something about gold. I don't know, man. You're wrong and you're good. It's bullshit. Goodbye. I'm not wrong. They found gold in the quartz on their claim, and they started digging into it. Well, listen to little Nicholas now. That is how it happened. Well, fuck you. Now, can I get back to the story, please? <laughs> I'm sorry. Grandpa. Oh, shit. All right. So they began cutting and hacking away at the mountain rock. Okay. You say so. Sifting through the spoils for the gold-rich ore they so feverishly sought. So they set up their camp a hundred feet or so um, away from the gold mine. And the way that this whole their whole claim is set up, it's actually set up on a slope. So it, it there's not a whole lot of flat land. They set up their camp one hundred feet away or so, or so from the place where they made their claim. Yeah. So the gold mine is a hundred feet away from where their camp is. Okay. And it's it's up a slope. Like the entrance? Yeah, the entrance, the beginning, the entrance to the start of their mine. Because they haven't fully constructed the mine yet. This is only 1922. Yep, totally. I was and, there, I was there. Um, and the, the slope that they were on was so steep that they had to, they connected a rope, you know, to make a... Slope on a rope? Slope on a rope. They connected the this rope from, you know, the mine, wherever the mine was, 100 feet away, to uh, their camp down below. And they would, like, 
use it to get to like guide them. To yeah, it? it was like the only way up, pretty much. <gasps> and from what I gathered, it was it was that steep. That's weird. Why would they make their camp in a place that like? No, have- that's because um, the camp was actually on the only flat, like a plateau. Type. Yeah, it was on a plateau, the only flat area. Right. So. So for the first two years, the prospectors they they camped in tents. And, you know, they had a big tent, and they camped out all summer long while they, uh, while they dug in the mine, created the mine, and while they started building a cabin. Okay. But they had to stay in the tent. They had to stay in the tent for how long? About two years. I couldn't actually find exactly how long they camped in the tent for, but it sounded like for about two years. Two years camping in a tent whilst they uh, um, like made the mine accessible. Is that right? Is that what you're yeah, doing? Yeah. So while they, you know, so the ore that they were digging, the gold was in the front, and as they kept digging, you know, they went further back. And Does back that and include back. like putting up those um, those like support beams that you see? Like, I would imagine so. In old caves and stuff, or like they're keep, it's keeping the ceiling from collapsing. In. I would imagine so. But That's so cool. They also wasn't a whole lot of wood because they were literally on... It's actually really cool. It is cool. It is cool. But it's a little scary. And one day... I'm so claustrophobic. I can actually bring you somewhere where you can start to see the beginnings of what they're talking about. I was just saying. What I'm talking about. I'm too claustrophobic to even consider it. it. No. There's nothing in me that wants to go into a cave. Oh, come on. It's fun. You no. just said you like the idea. I like the idea of it because it's cool. All right, that so there's something in you that makes you want to go out there. Eh, it doesn't make me want to go there. It makes me appreciate what it is. Okay, fine. That's like, fine. I appreciate it, but I don't want to go to it. Like, I appreciate the fact that there is a Mount Everest and it's like the top of it, but I don't want to go there. Like, oh, I'm just going to hang out in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go. I'd right? like to go, but I smoke too many cigarettes, so I'd never make it. Yeah, you look wicked out of shape, grandson. Yeah, I, uh, I am. <laughs> this generation's gone soft. Yeah. They so sure. I just want to bring this up just a little bit. I don't want to get in, you know, into the details or anything. But these were but. like manly, manly men. I'm, I'm not even joking when I say that. Oh! These guys survived in the wild. They camped all summer long. No Starbucks. They weren't getting ventis. You know. Venti. Venti. They weren't getting venti size. I don't even know. I've never met no Starbucks. I dude, I'll go know. to Starbucks. I'll, I just know. I go to Starbucks. I said, dude, oh, about Starbucks, I totally feel what you're talking about, man. It's like nowadays. Also, the internet. You know what, Grandpa? You're part of the good the generation. Old you're school. not part of this new. <laughs> this new generation. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Keeping it old school, Grandpa style. But anyway, like I, I just wanted to get that out there that these these are guys that were super hardcore. We they get were, it. When you when you we talk about it. mountain men, these were mountain men. Oh yeah, because I talk about mountain men every day. Well, not you, but in general, who talks about mountain men? People. Like if, okay, if you're gonna picture mountain men, you picture these guys because they were mountain men. I'll tell you what I picture: a dude with a beard and like some long grizzled ass hair and like a sunburn, and he's like. Kind of like always crying. But leathery skin. Yeah, leathery skin. Yeah. 
That's Why a, is he crying? I don't know. Okay, well, I I don't think that that he was crying because you don't you can't know that these guys have been it, they were some you serious serious shit. And like, he cried. They had they literally probably had mud <gasps> in their blood. Baby like, cries. Baby cries. They had mud, sweat, and tears coursing through their veins. I'm not even I'm not shitting you. Whoa. I don't think it's possible to have mud, like, literally in your veins. Well, these guys had it. Like, no, but you're talking about, like, in there, like, the veins that, like, usually... Yeah. Like, there's actual mud in there? Probably. Uh... All right, let me get back to the story. Okay. So, these guys had literally seen all the wilderness had to offer. I'm talking... This was this was Washington in the 1920s. Like, civilization was just starting. That must have been cool. Picture... 12 foot tall man eating grizzlies. Oof. Ravenous packs of wolves. That's a no go. And salmon. Salmon runs like. That literally. Like salmon so big and salmon runs so thick that, that you they, could literally drive a car across. That they jump out of the water into your, into your open gullet. These guys were probably driving their Model T Ford across the backs of these suckers. Salmon runs so dense. Which I actually have read stories. Oh, I thought you were about to say you actually have done that. I have not done that, like but like, I have read stories of salmon runs being that thick. Anyway, I pretty much just wanted to get across to these prospectors. They had seen things that we probably would not see today. Sure, why wouldn't we? So these pro- prospectors... They had mastered the wilderness. They had literally probably seen and experienced almost anything you can imagine. Shack. Sometime around 1920. Yes, sorry. Sometime around 1922, these prospectors, they started hearing something that they had never heard before, and it frightened them. So they were used to hearing, like, the howling of wolves and things, but... Then they heard something new, right? Right. They had literally experienced everything the wilderness had to offer. Well, I guess this is to say almost everything. Except for whatever this was. That's right. Oh, my God. All right. So mysterious whistles began to pierce the night. Like, did you hear? Oh, my God. Did you hear that? What was that? I hear it. I hear it. What was that? That was a mysterious whistle. That was... It wasn't me. I can't whistle. I don't think I heard. It definitely wasn't me. Maybe it was just my imagination. Maybe. Anyway, these whistles would be heard on one side of the canyon. So the canyon, we all know what a canyon is. It's got two, you know, two sides. We all know what a canyon in. Is that what he said? All right. We all know what a canyon is. It's got two sides. Nailed it. They're up, they're up high, and they go down to the bottom. Is that what a canyon is? That is what a canyon is. Holy shit. Anyway, so they'd hear one whistle on, on one side of the canyon, and then they would hear an answering whistle on the other. What? And they couldn't figure out exactly what this was. Sounds like an echo to me. Maybe you know. Maybe it, it was an echo. echo. But these guys were pretty sure that I, I'm. I am. I. I didn't interview them. You know. 
But I'm pretty sure that these guys knew that this was not a whistle. I know, it's getting late, huh? However, whistles of the night weren't the only troubling sounds. Deep, hollow thuds, like thuds the prospectors themselves said were akin to someone banging on their chest. Like Tarzan, you know, like the classic Tarzan. Yeah. And to top that off, they began finding human-shaped footprints in the mud around their camp. But footprints they knew could belong to no no human because they were, you know, they measured them up to 18 inches long. The footprints of a gigantic monster. A monstrosity of giganticness. Some big big thing that's like, oh... Bigfoot. Maybe. I don't know. Is that spoilers? Spoilers. Uh, no comment. Hold in. Shh. You're not allowed to contribute to the podcast anymore. (laughs) Alright, so yes, these guys, they found giant footprints around the outside of their their camp. So, I'm I'm guessing this would be around the, uh, the the plateau that they had built their uh, campsite on. So this this is where they stood after the first year at the claim. Uh, unidentified sounds in the dark, mysterious footprints left in the night, and an all-around feeling of being perpetually watched. Grandpa, did I use... Uh, I hope I used that word um, properly. Oh, boy. Icky. Oh, here we are again in Lil Nicky's corner. <laughs> That's so icky. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So due to uh, good assay results, do you you have something to say about what an assay is, Grandpa? (laughs) Assay? No, I have nothing to say about that one. Okay, do you know what do you know what an, an, an assay is? No. Not an essay, an assay. And it has nothing to do with your uh, rear end. It's an s. Oh shit! Well, then you took my punchline away. I was gonna say, it's <laughs> it's an essay about asses. Not <laughs> uh, <that> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So due to particularly good assay results, um, these guys returned. In 1923, they had to go back. It was so good. There was so much gold in the mountain. They were like, "Fuck the sound, praise the Lord. Fuck the footprints. Yes, we're going back. We're in there. Let's continue. I know what to, to do. Dig this mine. <laughs> dig it. Dig it. Dig it. So over the course of the next year, Marion Smith, the leader, you know, the really experienced dude who fought 12 foot grizzlies and uh, shit on ravenous packs of wolves. Yep. Um, Marion. He ate them for breakfast without any milk. He ate wolves? For breakfast. With no milk. Without any milk. Milk. Yep. Milk. So, 1920, we're in 1923. They start building their cabin. I get, okay, so I was wrong when I said, whoa. Yeah. All right, 1923 is when they really kick shit into gear. They're like, this fucking, this fucking mine is something we need to get we we need to get in deep and to do that we need to stay year round 
is what I'm imagining. They need to get up out of the elements. They start constructing this cabin. Winter, spring, summer, the others. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. These guys were mountain men. They were badass. They fucking stayed there year-round. They were not going back. That's hard. That's hardcore. To Seattle to get their coffees. Fuck supplies. They made their own supplies, dude. They 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 hunted for food. They fished. They hunted. They collect berries. They took selfies. No selfies. Uh, yes, selfies. I think. Um, I don't even know if the. Actually, I should have looked this up. I don't even know if the telephone was invented yet. It probably wasn't. <laughs> you were alive in 1924. Why don't you just tell us? Well, I'll tell you what it was like back then. For certain reasons. I was in a place that was a. Uh, uh, um, uh, you'll have to figure out who I am by context clue. Grandpa, that's enough. Well, was... If we had my uh, my uh, my wife here, she would be able to look this up. That's what I wanted her to do. Well, she could fact check me all she wants, but there's nobody that could. <laughs> <laughs> 1923. They start. Const- they uh, start constructing this cabin. Um, and 1923 goes pretty much the same as 1922 did. Mysterious sounds in the night, giant footsteps yeah. in the mud. Weird. Which is weird, because they're on this. they're literally, think of it like them being on the side of a cliff. Just like, just they're like, pretty much on the side of a cliff. Hold on, Joe. I'll, hold on, though. Just a year of that? Just a year of, like, like what? footprints and sounds in the night? A year where they were just like two years now. Footprints, huge footprints, and sounds in the night. Yeah, mysterious what? sounds in the night. Well, mysterious. So these guys, they had they had seen and heard almost everything the the woods had to offer, and for two years they've heard these mysterious uh, whistles. But but why why have they not like done anything about it? So it's nineteen twenty three. They're building their cabin, you know. These mysterious sounds. They don't have flashlights to go out and check. They have lanterns. Um, when they do go to check, there's nothing there. And they never see what leaves these footprints. Um, and so there's two years of this so far. Uh, the year, you know, the spring, summer, fall in 1922. Spring, summer, fall, 1923. And that brings us into 1924, which is where... Our story really takes place. It kicks off, as it were. It kicks. So in 1924, there was one specific encounter with these mysterious nightly visitors, which would touch off a powder keg that had been simmering. So this would take place in July. I think I put reverb on here. In the beginning hours of July, a day just like any other day, you know. Whoever was in the mine was doing their mining and climbing up and down the, the rope. Can there be a guy named Clem? There was no guy named Clem. Wait, can there be one, though, that's, like, climbing every day, just climb? <laughs> this old climbing Clem? Just old <laughs> climbing Clem. Climbing Clem was climbing, he was climbing like up he the side does. of the other side of the canyon. Maybe it was him he who probably- was making these footprints. We might... But we'll never know. But he had a pickaxe. Because climbing Clem fell oh. and died. Boom. Yeah. Double ditch. Death. Yep. 
Wow. All right, so they were still climbing the rope line that they had connected from the mine to the camp, and they had managed to carve 75 feet into the side of the mountain. So their mine is 75, goes 75 feet into the mountain. They're collecting all this gold. They're, Greedy. They're so pumped. They're so excited. They're they're like, gold that, fever like has clearly set in. These guys are Maria. getting it. 1924, they're like, we're going to be fucking rich. Nothing will stop us Except from getting this gold. No. World War Two. What? <laughs> You're a little off there, Grandpa. <laughs> You're a little off by uh, 20 years. That was when World War Two. Actually, World War One had you. just ended. Ended. I knew it was one of those. Like, uh, <laughs> no, 19, <I'm> British. <laughs> about five, I'm gonna say about five years. World War One has been over for five years. I'm British, Grandpa. Which I should have included in uh, the beginning. Oh, yes. <laughs> because that was, uh, that, you know, it, it, World War One. It, uh, included the entire world. The entire world was at war. World War One. The entire world. All right, so they continue, so they, it's July, a day like any other day. They they continue to cut and chip away at the quartz that held the gold. Um, camp life was the same as it had always been. You know, these guys living. So they probably had a routine. Everything was the same. They've been doing this for two summers, you know. Okay. Two, se- two summer seasons. Yep. The only thing that changed was Marion, who was the leader. Marion. Marion. He asked... Uh, the four other men to carry rifles. He wanted them to have weapons. Yes. While they were out. I understand. Good. You should. Because I just said it. Well, okay. Well, you don't need to. Sorry. I didn't mean that to sound good. You're kind of being a fucking jerk right now. (laughs) So just calm down and tell the goddamn fucking story. (laughs) Grandson. So these guys, they had a routine. Everything was going good. They're getting this, this... this gold rich ore they're loving it they're so excited they want to go go back to civilization get their money but first they're gonna finish the season and marion the leader he asked them to carry rifles uh when they left camp because these whistles and now there were howls in the night of which course weren't wolves you know they knew what wolves mm-hmm. sounded like they knew what coyotes sounded like yeah. they knew what bears sounded like yes it wasn't any of this. Nope. Um, and they had, they had measured. They had started measuring these, um, these footprints. Oh my god! I have to take a damn that's so fuck. I'm actually. Uh, Wait, I, I have to put on my fucking um, uh, pitch correction. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that does. Okay. All right. So they carrying rifles. Um, and they had actually measured the. The longest footprint yet, which was 19 inches. Okay, so you're saying over the course of two years, suddenly we have the longest footprint measured. Yeah. Okay. All right. So during a moment of downtime in in July of 1924, Marion asked his son-in-law, Fred Beck, to help him get some water. They had to go. They had... So they didn't have a well, you know, no taps. They literally had to, they had to leave camp, 
go to the the stream uh they it, which apparently wasn't that long it wasn't that long of a walk it was it was only uh uphill one way you're lucky you got in there um they had to go to the spring yep i love it which ran along the floor of the canyon so they had to they were uh on their plateau they had to walk the rest what if of the it was way the ceiling of the canyon bro that would be like what if so it was weird man all right so they they're going from the camp to the creep the creek which is uh, at the bottom of the canyon. And like, this is when shit kicks off. Like, seriously, this is when shit gets real. So, what? All right, so they're getting water, they're walking down there, and then suddenly they see something on the opposite side of the canyon looking down at them. So above the creek, Near the crest of the canyon wall, the two prospectors saw what they judged to be a seven-foot-tall ape-like creature with dark brown hair peeking from behind a towering pine tree. One of the, you know, there were not a whole lot of trees in this area. And it was looking down at them. Um, and, and in a reaction to finally seeing what they believed was leaving these footprints Making these howls, making these shrieks and whistles. Okay, you're saying they finally saw this creature, right? Right, and it made itself. I'm sorry. It was peeking, so it didn't necessarily want to be seen. I feel like it didn't necessarily want to be seen. It was peeking from behind, like literally, which in which is actually a thing. Like Bigfoot are known to peek from behind trees. Can I, can I ask you one question then? Yes. Why why would such an apex predator have to do like a little? It's seven feet tall. There's very little that can stand against a creature that of that size. I guess it, I guess they're uh, they're less. So I guess they're less carnivorous and more omnivorous. Yeah. Because it's not just straight up attacking them it's peeking from behind this tree it's not running down the banks trying to get them it's it's peeking it's checking it's looking it's not look it's and it can you tell me what what would you do what would you do if you saw a bigfoot peeking around a tree at you take a picture yeah no they didn't take a picture they fucking shot at it (gasps) raised marion raised his rifle and uh, shot at it, but he missed. It went right over his head. Of course, he hit missed. the tree above his head. Marion, above the Bigfoot's head. We all knew you. And it ducked out of sight. But there was another one right above that one. Marion did the same thing. He raised his rifle. He shot at it, and he nailed it, hitting it. It tumbled down the backside. They had no idea if it was dead or alive, but they were both gone. Tumbled. It literally tumbled over backwards. They had no idea if it was dead or alive. Um, but what they what they did know was they literally had to leave. That was the that was the what the first thought that crossed their mind was, wait, "Holy shit, wait, we got to get out of here!" Hold up, they literally had to leave. Like they they were like, "Fuck, oh, what did we just do? Let's fu- get out of here. Let's get back to camp." We done goofed, kids. We better get out of here. And I couldn't find if they brought the water oh. back with them or not. But. Uh, Marion and Fred, Marian. they they uh, 
They got married. <laughs> they beat feet back to camp. And they told the, the rest of the crew what had happened. They just, the, and the others were like, what the fuck? We got to get out of here. But they realized it was almost dark. And they did not want to have to walk through the dark. They were scared. They were scared. Do you think maybe it was something psychological that had happened to them? No. Maybe in the way that it was presented to them as representatives no. of the corporation. I mean... Uh, what corporation is that? Uh, the mining... My pillow? The mining concern. The mining... The mining concern. Concern. The, the mining concern. No. The concern where they were concerned about mining. Mining. No, it wasn't that. But they decided to stay the night and leave in the morning. Whoa. And this is where um, shit goes downhill. So, Mary and Fred, they told the others what had happened. Um, right. And Marion referred... This, I'm taking this notes. is kind of important. You can take a no, note I'm on this. I'm taking notes. Uh, Marion referred to this creature as a mountain devil. Mountain devil, you say? Okay. So, I... they, they realized they couldn't leave that night. It was too dark. They didn't want to have to, uh, you know, traverse the canyon to begin with. What the hell is Go this? through the woods, find their truck in the dark. They were going to leave in the morning. What is they this? They settled down. Uh, what is this thing? That's right. Oh. It's too dark. They couldn't tell. It's too dark. It's true. They settled down for the night. It's too dark. And um, why is the one? Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that they might have cooked uh, Dinner? Dinner. Yep. What kind of dinner? They were all, I'm, I'm guessing they beans. might have been all nervous. That's what I wrote right here. Beans, he wrote beans. And I actually looked it up, and that was one of the most popular. I think I should have won the prize for that one. All right. So Marion and Fred, they had told the others that they had shot and quite possibly killed this creature. You know, they settled down, everything got, they and they went to bed. They settled down for the night, and they went to bed. Yeah. And not long af- after that, not long after that, something woke them up. All of them. There was a huge slam on the side of their cabin. Woke them all up. Scared the shit out of them. Marion, who was sleeping on the floor, they had uh, two sets of bunk beds set up. Marion was on the floor, and a, a piece of chinking, which is what goes in between... We don't say that word anymore. <laughs> no, no. This, this is... Chinking is... Oh, God. You keep saying it, and it just... <laughs> no. Chinking is the stuff that this goes in between racist, the logs of the cabin. So the logs, they don't touch each other. There's a space in between them. Okay. They stuff this shit in between them. Yeah, this is a podcast for uh, good old boys, I suppose. To keep the heat yeah. within the cabin, a piece of that stuff came flying down. Oh, God. Whacked Marion. Yikes. He was freaking out. Jesus. What is this? He's like, ah, there's something on me. Get it off. Fred helps him. Gets this off. Marion's got the rifle in his hand. He's looking. He jumps up. He's got, he's literally has his rifle in hand. Fred Beck says he's got his, he's sleeping with his rifle. He's so freaked out. He's sleeping with his rifle. Because he's scared. They had just killed what they think 
is one of these creatures that is obviously knows where they are. These creatures have been shouting, screaming, hollering, banging on their chest like Tarzan. Okay. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like George of the fucking jungle. So he's sleeping with his rifle. He jumps up. He's like, what is going on? Oh, my God. What is going on? He looks out the slide. I'm the, looking at the fucking slide. This piece of where the chinkin didn't fall out. He looks through it. He sees multiple pairs of feet running around. There's at least three sets of feet that he saw, but he heard more. They all heard more, obviously, running uh, just out of sight around them. Okay. And I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I, was he tripping? Well, I actually have a the quote. feet. The feet? Why is there so many feet? So many feet. It seems. Sasquiatores. Sasquiatores. All right. You know what? I'm actually just going to read from what I wrote. So, shocked by what was unfolding, Marion, Fred, and the others, because there were still... uh, Grandson, just go easy. There were still three three other ones. I'm probably going to... Um, They stood around within the cabin, dumbfounded. Get diagnosed. They had no idea what was going on. They were literally awoken, awakened from a dead sleep. Uh... They took solace in knowing that the pine log... Solace. That's what I said, isn't it? You said solace. They, put, they took solace... Yeah, okay. <laughs> in, in knowing that Sorry. the cabin they had constructed was sturdy. The pine logs, you know, it was heavy. They were like, there is no way that these, these uh, monsters, mountain devils, are going to break through here. That's like the three little pigs. Yeah, sure. It, this this one's wood. So, just just so you can picture the cabin, uh, it was it was rectangular in shape. You know, it, uh, two smaller walls in the front Wait and the back. The longer okay. walls on the sides. Wait. It had a front door. There were no windows. Slow down. Rectangular. What? Rectangular shaped? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Dude. It was a cabin. It was definitely rectangular in shape. Um, okay. There were no windows, so it was structurally sound. There was a door. There was only a door. It was the only way in and out. Um, so after listening to these mountain devils run around the outside of the cabin there and, like, throw rocks and, and you know, they're... There are retellings of the story where they were throwing boulders onto the roof. The mountain devils? Yeah. But Fred, in his book, says that that's not true. They were just throwing rocks. They were hitting the walls, the roofs. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they're these these mountain devils. They were beating the cabin with their fists. They were trying to find a way. Oh, my goodness. And then suddenly, one of them reaches through where the chinking had fallen out. Grabs an axe, Fuck rips yeah. it, tries to rip it back through. No. Wait a minute. Yeah, the little slot. Fred, thinking quickly, grabs a hold of the axe, flips it so it's uh, straight up and down. Yeah. The monster's trying to rip it through. The it's monster? Like, yeah, the monster. The the oh. mountain devil's ripping it back and forth. It can't fit through the little the little slot. It lets go. The axe falls to the ground. They grab the axe. Uh, they put it aside so that that won't happen again. Well, uh, so what happened to the monster? It just pulled its hand back. Actually, yeah, they were shooting 
the people inside the cabin, they were shooting at it, and it eventually lets go, and that was it for the for that arm. It was never seen again. All right, so they had scared uh, whatever this arm belonged to away. You know, it had let go of the axe, withdrew its arm, and it was gone. Uh, and a moment of silence settled over the landing. It was quiet. For a minute. There was a moment of silence, and then it was broken. And all of a sudden, these creatures, they're climbing on top of the cabin now. And the, the prospectors inside, they're, shoot, they're literally shooting their guns off into the roof, just trying to get these, these creatures to get off the roof. They're afraid they're... From the way the arm looked, from what they saw uh, back in the bottom of the canyon, they're like, these guys, they're big, they must be heavy, they're going to come crashing through the roof. It is very important we get them off. It's scary. It's scaring me. It's scary. I feel like I'm scared. Usually, I you, sh- you probably should be. So eventually they just gave up altogether on the roof. Uh, they got down, and then they went for the door. So these prospectors, they're, they're now shooting at the door. These creatures, these Bigfoots, these people, whatever, whatever they were. Uh, mountain devils, as Marion referred to them. They're literally trying to bust through the door of this cabin. The only way in, the only way out. You look like you had to say something. No, I, I'm, I'm listening. Okay, so they're, they're trying to bust through this door. The prospectors inside the cabin, they quickly rip down pieces of the bunk bed, shove it up against the door to brace it, and these creatures, they're not, o- they're not able to uh, push the door open. And uh, the whole time that they were doing this, they were also shooting through the door. Okay. So we seem to have gotten to a point where we're just like in an all-out, uh, 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 like a, like a firearms war. Yeah, it's called the attack on Ape. It's called the attack on Ape Canyon, and it's probably one of the most famous Sasquatch encounters. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Well, there's there's several of them. They saw at least three and heard many more. And then eventually, Fred realizes that they should only shoot at the creatures when they're attacking the cabin, in the hopes that they'll realize that these the people inside the cabin they're only defending themselves. They're not actually trying. Even though Marion had quite possibly shot and already shot and killed one. Uh, within the canyon, they're hoping that these creatures realize they're only trying to defend themselves. It pretty much just goes, it's just a back and forth. They're knocking at the door. They're stomping on the roof. They're trying to what break about, through the walls until ab- the sun comes up. And what then ab- it's totally quiet. They don't return. <laughs> and that's it. What about... What about climbing Clem? Remember, he died. He's already dead. He died back in 1922. You don't remember that? He's he's a goner. No. Climbing Clem does not exist. He was not 
part of the story. He was a figment of your imagination. I'm sorry, Grandpa, but that's the truth. You're becoming delusional in your old age. I miss climbing Clem. He was never there. I hate to break it to you. Somebody had to do it. And I'm just sorry that it, was, uh, it had this, to be me. This has been... Wait, right, do we have more? I mean, that was it. They they leave <laughs> in the morning. They're able to... They're able to, you know, safely walk out of the woods. My, th- my thought on this story is that it's true. It's not bullshit. But... I don't believe that. I feel it feels I think it all comes down to do you believe in Bigfoot or not? If you don't if you don't believe in Bigfoot, you obviously don't believe that wait, this story happened. Wait. You're, but the fact of the matter is there were five prospectors. That's fine. I cannot be convinced by that alone. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is there were five prospectors. They believe something happened. They were literally scared to death. Or, I guess not literally. They were almost scared to death. And they believed that they were attacked by what they called mountain devils. It was forever known as the attack on Ape Canyon. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, we're we're back. And um, we had that sponsor. And everybody, please do. Do, do what do what I do, and that's... I actually just had two things I wanted to add. Oh, really can you quickly. give me a quiz? I'd love a quiz. Like a true-false type scenario. It's me again. I don't have any. Okay, Sorry. well, fuck that. In a 1963 issue of the Longview Times, there was an article uh, named Ape Canyon Holds Unsolved Mystery. Yeah, no, you did okay there. All right. Grandson. And this article talks about a skier. A what? A skier a named skater? Jim Carter. A who skier mis- named Jim Carter? Yeah. Who mysteriously disappeared in May of 1950. And they were able, you know, they were on a hike. The, he was with a crew of 20 other members. He went, he uh, left the crew. He was going to take a picture of them as, as these tw- 19 other members skied by. He was going to take their picture. And he was never seen again. Search and rescue teams, they were able to follow his ski tracks. And what he did was they found... Um, he, got real, he, got, he got real nasty on one of those jumps, didn't he? He just... Actually, he did. He got all they the literally jump. traced his tracks all the jump. straight over the canyon edge. The and he was never seen again. They thought oh, that they would find wait. his body... I'll tell you what. ...at the bottom. As your grandpa... If I'm ever to die, I want to die by going off a ski jump that's way too tall and long. I just wanted to also add, um, after laying dormant for 123 years, Mount St. Helens would erupt on May 18th, 1980. This massive eruption would forever change the area's landscape by totally removing the, the north side of the mountain... But it would leave Ape Canyon alone. And you can go there today. There's actually a quite popular hiking trail. It's named Ape Canyon. This is a little segment I like to call Off the Wall. So after 
Like, literally, literally within the days and weeks after Mount St. Helens erupted, there were many accounts of Bigfoot being run out of the forest by, you know, the eruption. The smoke, the fire, totally destroyed everything. This was the, it was the worst eruption the United States had ever seen. This was just, it was cataclysmic. It was crazy. And there are many, there, there are several encounters um, by search and rescue who helped, by the soldiers who worked there. Um, hey, I'm listening, man. No, wait, you have to expound upon those numbers. What, where are they coming from? Why? These, these are just random encounters. There's no, there's no, like, the sources are, are shady what? at best. Well, then in some ways, I guess my only question would be, what, what, what could it be? What could be the, the, uh, the, uh, the gigantic monstrosities lurking? And that is the question. What did these people see on the slopes of Ape Canyon? Tchau,